Hello and Happy New Year, everyone. I hope that all those listening are safe and healthy as the world continues to deal with the impacts of COVID-19. And as a result, this season, I'll continue to bring you stories of study abroad, but we're branching out to incorporate other aspects of international travel, as is the case of our first episode, Sports Abroad, brought to you by our sponsor, Green Leopard Sports, a softball development company. In this episode, we will speak to the founder of Green Leopard Sports, Courtney Tucker, who has traveled abroad twice to play softball after college. These international experiences have certainly had an impact on her life today. In this episode, I'll explore travel related to sports, diversity in softball, and how each of these aspects have helped her to develop Green Leopard Sports. I hope that you enjoy our first episode of 2021. Well, welcome to our first episode of 2021. We are extremely excited to welcome our guest and sponsor for today's episode. Courtney Tucker is joining us today. Welcome, Courtney. Hey, thank you. (laughs) This is an extremely special uh, episode for me because Courtney is my sister. (laughs) So we uh, love to travel. We've played sports together. And uh, this is going to be a really unique episode in that it combines both of those aspects together. So a, a slant that we haven't really discussed on the podcast yet. Joining us again, Courtney. Thanks for having me. <laughs> no problem. Well, a little bit about what your early experiences were like with travel. So, um, well, as you mentioned, um, you know, we are sisters. So <laughs> I would say that our um, or my experience with travel just stemmed from our family vacations. But, <laughs> you know, we would always go to South Carolina, like Myrtle Beach and everything like that for our summer vacations and then I know we switched it up a few times um we went to Florida um our travel to New Mexico was very fun that was during um the Christmas holiday um to see our uncle and then um just experiencing different um different places in Virginia like uh Chincoteague Island oh yeah um, being able to the pony swim across, even though we didn't get a pony. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just for the listeners, we did ask our parents if we could enter the pony contest, and they told us no. Uh, so yeah, we right. left with really cool pictures of the pony swim, but not with pony. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I think New Mexico and probably Shinkati. That was probably one of my both the favorites of mine too. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. And then I guess, um, you know, playing sports also allowed us to travel. Um, You know, a lot of our tournaments and things were local, but then we did, as we got older, we branched out and we played, you know, pretty much up and down the East Coast. And I know one of my 
travel teams had the opportunity to go to Hawaii. You know, sports definitely has opened up a window to see other aspects of travel as well. That's a really great segue um, because I wanted to say, like, when did you start playing softball? I would say I was probably around the age of five, um, kind of started doing T-ball and then, you know, just continuing with it. And I will say you were a big part of me playing (laughs) because, you know, just followed in your footsteps. So um, playing T-ball was number one. And then, you know, just graduating um, from coach pitch, slow pitch, and then fast pitch really took off um probably when I was around age Mm. 10 um so you know just playing fast pitch from the age of 10 on so um yeah so five (laughs) (laughs) that's really cool and yeah you're right when we started playing what's called travel ball um that really kind of took over family vacations right because we're on the road every weekend basically throughout the summer um and so that was really a unique mix of playing for for the sport but then also maybe taking advantage of some of the local tourist attractions depending on on where we were so yeah (laughs) so we talk a lot about this podcast was started because we wanted to highlight the travel experiences of um, particularly students who are studying abroad uh, african-american or black students who are studying abroad we've also expanded to professionals in the industry as well but given um covid and the vast amount of differences that it's it's brought upon our industry this year we're taking we're broadening I'll say our conversations with people um and so this is the first step in in that direction so can you talk to me a little bit about what diversity was like during your experience playing softball (laughs) well um Well, playing on my softball teams, I didn't really notice the lack of diversity probably until um, maybe middle school to transitioning into high school. Um, And then again, on my travel teams as well, I would notice that I would be the only African-American and then possibly with any luck, there would be maybe one other African-American. So there was not a lot of um, different girls of different races on my teams um so there wasn't a big um presence of diversity when playing softball yeah um definitely the same experience for me um I could count on one hand maybe (laughs) the number yeah right (laughs) of times there was somebody else uh who was black on my team so um so yeah were there any particular challenges that came along with that that you experienced um I wouldn't not too many challenges I mean you know looking back at certain instances you could potentially say they were challenges um you know maybe just with you know, maybe playing time or, you know, that need of feeling that you always had to be better Mm. than, you know, your counterpart or what have you, because it's like maybe one mistake could sit you on the bench or set you back, um, you know, a game or two. Um, But then there were other individuals that could make mistakes and, you know, they just stayed Mm -hmm. in the game. 
Um, but I mean, you know, like I said, now looking at it and a lot of times the black kids on the bench are pinch runners, you know, or either we throw them out in the outfield cause they're quick. Mm. Um, but I do feel like, you know, taking the time to develop an athlete and to really see what their strengths are and how they can benefit the team, um, is what's necessary, um, at this stage. Mm, of the thank game. you for sharing those. And the last point that you talked about, we'll, we'll wrap back around to that as we get deeper into the conversation, but, um, moving us along a little bit. So you actually, um, did something I didn't do, which was play softball at the collegiate level. Talk to us about that experience. Yeah. So, I mean, overall, it was a really great experience. Um, you know, from starting with the whole recruiting process and things like that, it was a bit nerve wracking. Um, I'll say, you know, with the recruiting process, I don't feel like it was as heavy, um, heavily advertised as much as it is now where kids are training, you know, 24 seven, they have these personal trainers, they have all these, um, what profiles just getting their names out there um and i can say for us it was more or less going to showcase Mm -hmm. tournaments um so i will say travel ball was an advantage in that regard and then um having good coaches that actually talked you up to other um collegiate coaches and things like that um but i did um go to North Carolina Wesleyan College, which is a D3 institution. Mm -hmm. Um, So with that, we don't, we didn't have athletic scholarships. It was just academic scholarships, which I did receive, um, you know, some partial money for academics. Um, (laughs) So, um, you know, overall, my experience was really good. Um, It was a small college. um, So we got to know you know, our (laughs) counterparts that were there a lot more um, intimately, I guess you would say, um, because of the small tight-knit community that we Mm -hmm. had. Um, So in North Carolina, we played schools, of course, that were in North Carolina, Virginia. Um, So that's really where our um, conference was held right there. And then now it's just opened up to where, you know, schools from like Tennessee, Alabama, um, Georgia even are in our conference now. So um, overall, my experience was really good. I was a um, MVP, um, female athlete of the year, um, just to name some (laughs) some uh, athletes there. but yeah, so and what position did you play? <laughs> oh, I played first base. Um, you know, all four years at NC Westland. All right, nice. Was that hard balancing your academics with your with your softball schedule practices in addition to traveling for games? Um, I will say in the beginning, yes, um, because my freshman year, I was actually a two-sport athlete. I did basketball, and then I did softball, so in the we had fall ball, um, which was, you know, a small season, then right into basketball, and probably like a week um, break, and then right into softball season, so I will say my freshman year was 
um, a little more challenging mm-hmm. than the remainder of, um, you know, my college career, um, both academically and um, athletically. So um, that was kind of hard to balance because um, you would miss a lot of classes and then just having to make up things. Mm-hmm. Um, but, or take them earlier than, you know, the other students that were there. Um, but having that small community, you were able to really connect and build that relationship with your professor. So that way, um, if you had any issues, I know one time, um, it was a statistics class that I was taking, um, for my major and, um, I had a game on the day of um, my one class when it normally was. So I just asked my professor if I could come, you know, the day before, and he was totally cool with that. So, um, you know, it's just about trying to figure out how to navigate, um, you know, and being the best that you can be on and off the field. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. And it sounds like you had a really supportive community there within the college that helped kind of bridge those those difficult times. So that's yes. awesome. Yes. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> so in, in international education, one of the, I guess, demographics of students that sometimes are feel like they're left out or count themselves out of the study abroad experience are our athletes, um, just given the nature of their, the the schedules that they have and practice both in season and off season. And so sometimes students may feel like they, they just simply don't have the time to study abroad. But I know you were able to do so twice playing softball. Um, and I will say, I know yours wasn't exactly a, a study abroad experience in the way that we've we've defined it on this podcast. Um, but you did have international experience playing travel softball. Is that correct? Yes, that is. And um, the point that you made about... Um, you know, studying abroad during my time at NC Westland, we did not have a study abroad Mm. program. Um, I do believe they have, um, you know, bridged that gap and have that as an option because I remember coaching. um, I feel like a couple of my students were interested in doing that. um, And luckily, the program would have allowed them to travel during the summer. So then they wouldn't, you know, miss out on, you know, their season or anything else that may come about during, you know, the regular um, day-to-day course. Yeah, and I I think Um, summer is a great opportunity really for any student, especially if, you know, students haven't been abroad before or, you know, their mm -hmm. schedules just need a a shorter time. And But with an international experience, I think there's a a lot of value that students can get from, from traveling during the summer programs as well. Yes, absolutely. Um, But just to touch on my experience, I was a little different. Um, So I was, uh, mine took place once I graduated. Um, So back in 2007 and also in 2008, as you mentioned, I was able to do it twice. Um, But yeah, so the way I experienced this was that our coach received, um, you know, information on playing overseas. Um, I know I received one maybe my sophomore year. I believe that one was to play in the Dominican Republic. Um, 
Yeah, however, um, I think the deadline had passed by the time, you know, we received certain information and things like that. Um, But my senior year um, was my first experience traveling abroad. Um, So with that, we went to Cologne, Germany, um, Amsterdam, and then our main tournament was in Appledore in Holland. Um, Yeah, so it was kind of... uh, exciting because you know somebody saw an interest in your abilities and thought it would be a great opportunity for you to continue and play so um yeah that experience was really awesome and then in 2008 um the only country that was different instead of germany we went to paris france um, and then we played again um, in that tournament in Appledore and Holland. Wow, that's so cool. And were teams from literally all over the world? My club, we were the only U.S. Um, team that was there. Um, but of course, Holland, they were the host team. Um, so they were there. Um, there were teams from, oh, goodness, everywhere. <laughs> To be honest, there were teams from Puerto Rico, there were teams from like Switzerland. Um, I can't even recall all the teams that were there, but there were so many um, that were involved with that tournament. So tell me, even though you had graduated college, what did mom and dad say about (laughs) this opportunity? Was there apprehension or excited? Um, I feel like, of course, there was probably like a little bit of apprehension, but I will say again, um, having you as my older sister, um, you know, with you being able to go abroad, um, you know, through your band experience, that may have lessened their um, terror, I'd say, (laughs) about sending another child overseas. Uh, But of course, you know, for them and for me, it was like a little weird because this was my first like real experience like being away like you know miles away (laughs) I would have to say of course they were a little nervous um but once I made that phone call to let them know you know each stop of the way like hey I made it (laughs) they were at ease (laughs) Mm -hmm. I find that communication is one of the things our students sometimes say is like the biggest concern for parents and as long as they set up a plan to do these check-ins the tension from parent on the parent side kind of eases a bit so that's funny that you had this (laughs) same experience absolutely (laughs) do you remember any challenges what was diversity like I guess there did you find yourself being the only black softball player in, in this environment as well Um, Yes, definitely on my team. Um, But in Holland, um, you know, the diversity was, was there. So I mean, it was really cool just to be amongst, you know, other individuals, I'd say who look like me (laughs) as well. But also, um, you know, those from the other countries, because it allowed you to be able to, you know, just connect on a different level, but then also learn from them as well. Mm hmm. Thanks. And what do you remember any special highlights from your time abroad? Oh, goodness. (laughs) Everything. No, (laughs) Um, I would say like 
for me the most exciting was going to the Louvre mm. um, and then just being able to see like the Mona Lisa and everything <laughs> we went to um, Paris mm-hmm. um, that was really awesome to see that um, and then I don't know if this is like a big deal or I guess on the side of softball, but, um, you know, at the end of the games, we like always shake hands and everything like that. Um, And we normally do our, you know, exchange at the plate, but the difference over there, um, just a small difference. We still shook hands and everything, but we did it at, you know, third and first base. So we were like walking across the field I don't know. (laughs) It was kind of different, you know, because we were all ready to like line up at the plate and shake hands. And then they're all standing at third base or either first base. And we're like, what's going on? You know, so (laughs) that was just maybe like one little call out. But it was still cool. I kind of like that better, um, you know, across the field versus like the home plate thing. (laughs) That's neat. Well, definitely sounds like amazing experiences to get to see other countries, but then to also participate in a sport you love on an international platform is that's really amazing. So yeah, yeah, definitely had a great time. (laughs) (laughs) I know eventually you, um, one of the things I really like in terms of like, talking to people about their experiences abroad and how that has maybe impacted their life currently. Um, And so I know you had an opportunity, softball has very much been a continued part of your life. um, And you had an opportunity to do some coaching as well. Is that correct? Yes. Can you talk a little bit about that experience? What it's like transitioning from uh, an athlete to a coach? Oh, man. (laughs) Yes. Um, So I feel like I've always wanted to, you know, be a coach in some dynamic, but I just like even after playing, um, you know, college ball and everything like that, I I still didn't really think like, oh, maybe I could be um, a collegiate coach. Um, So but I got my start um, as a coach, as a graduate assistant at Averett University. Um, Yeah, so that's kind of how I got, you know, my first step into um, coaching. So um, after that, it was just like, okay, this is kind of cool. I might want to explore this a little more. Um, I did take a one-year hiatus, um, but then I was able to get back into coaching at my alma mater, um, NC Westland. So that was kind of cool, just being able to coach and go through those experiences, um, you know, and just being able to give back and just give some of my knowledge from, you know, everything that I've experienced has been great. And then, um, I was then able to coach at a community college. And um, one thing that I really wanted to do was to create a travel team, which I was able to do about two years ago. Um, You know, now with COVID, it was kind of like no travel ball. (laughs) So that was kind of sad. You know, but what I found during my time, you know, working with the rec centers and then coaching um, my travel team was that the fundamentals just really weren't there. And the softball IQ was lacking a lot. Um, And sometimes even at the collegiate level, there was some 
you know, disconnect with their um, IQ for the game and just any situations that may arise. So, so when you say, um, I guess, softball IQ, meaning like fundamentals of the of the sport as a whole, is that what you're referring to? Yes, um, definitely. Because um, it's just small things that you would think that they should know at this stage. They don't know. Um, so either they may have forgotten or they just weren't taught, you know, those true, like, this is what we do if we have a runner here or, you know, just certain situations um, within the game. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Okay. And so that actually really led, like seeing this gap firsthand, um, really led to the creation of a new business for you. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. So Courtney is also the founder of Green Leopard Sports. And I'd love it if you could just tell our listeners a bit about the company, elaborate more on how um, it came to be. Yes. So. Green Leopard Sports came out of, you know, just that, just being able to be a softball development company to um, provide one-on-one lessons for girls in the sport of softball. Um, So we do, you know, instructions for beginners as well as advanced athletes. Um, And the way, you know, that I feel like my um, company sets you know, others apart is that we also focus on the mental aspect of the game. Mm -hmm. Um, Because a lot of times we are always so focused on, you know, our conditioning, which of course is very important. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the conditioning, the mechanics of throwing, fielding, you know, hitting all of that. Um, And sometimes we just forget to, tap into the mind of that athlete because I mean you know a lot of times it's shake it off or like let's go like forget about it you know Mm -hmm. but a lot of times and you will have that no matter how much you spend on certain aspects of the game um, some athletes just don't recover as quick as others so um, I do believe it's important to you know foster that mental aspect of the game um, to make them a total package. Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel like definitely remember experiences where you know you strike out and you it's like that's definitely not the result you wanted, but how quickly <laughs> can you you know recover, get back on the field and keep your head in the game is is equally as important to the your success and team success absolutely. as it is you know, hitting a home run. So, right. Yeah. Cause I mean, I share the story with, you know, the girls that I've coached and things like that. Um, it was, we were in, um, the playoffs, (laughs) we were in our conference tournament and like, for whatever reason, my hitting slump decided to start then, which was (laughs) awful, you know, but I just made sure that, you know, my defense was, still up to par like it was so frustrating you know I it was like I just totally forgot how to hit (laughs) um but at the same token you know coaches still believed in me still kept me in the lineup um as far as hitting and then finally I I did 
get out of that and I did get a base hit um <laughs> but <laughs> you know the fact of the matter is that I could have just let that whole performance just derail everything but I just made sure that my defense was still up to par even though um you know my offense really wasn't there <laughs> mm-hmm. thanks yeah that perfect example and then a conference tournament that's definitely not when you want it to happen but exactly <laughs> this summer brought about a lot of changes both w- uh, within the health system um due to COVID-19 but also racial injustice and it really caused um industries across the board from fashion to travel to sports to really take a look at their efforts for diversity and inclusion. And um, we've talked at great lengths, you know, both of us having experience being oftentimes the only one or one of very few in in most of the activities (laughs) that we participated in growing up, Um, certainly softball being one of them. What are some things that you think could help close this gap um, and get softball out to more students of color? Yeah, um... I mean, for me, I would say kind of how we are having a conversation now, um, but just being able to introduce the sport to um, you know, individuals that may be um, less represented. So I know the conversation could probably start in the house, um, you know, when it comes to different sports that, you know, African-Americans can play, because, of course, we see that population Um, heavy when it comes to basketball and then you know for the male side for you know football and then of course like track and field and things like that but um, I think just being able to have a conversation and just exposing um, kids that there are other alternatives and possibilities than the standard or the norm Mm -hmm. um, could be a great start and um that's kind of prompted me to um, start my nonprofit, Diamond okay. Life. <laughs> oh, I love that, Diamond Life. Okay, tell us about Diamond Life. So Diamond Life is a nonprofit that um, looks to um, help underrepresented female youth in the sport of softball. And by that, um, you know, by no means is softball a cheap sport. With Diamond Life, our first initiative is to be able to help assist with registration costs for those who are interested in starting their softball journey. Mm -hmm. And then as we continue to build, we um, have other programs in place um, for scholarships um, and then just being able to have conversations um, to parents and the athletes on how to obtain and maintain those Um, college scholarships and then also our last piece um, is to be able to be that um, you know pillar for the community so if there were programs that needed uniforms or needed their fields beautified um, that's where we would come in Um, so it's a full uh, (laughs) a multifaceted um nonprofit organization that is being created. Um, But again, our first initiative is just to, um, you know, have that presence and teach um, young athletes about the sport of softball. 
Oh, I love that. Yeah, I, I actually had a conversation a couple months ago um, with someone in the sports tourism realm. Um, of course, me, the researcher. Um, <laughs> and But that was one of the things that, you know, the that research has started to pick up on is that this lack of diversity is often being caused because they're the cost of registration equipment if you're playing in a travel team like we did it's hotels food on the road gas etc um not to mention the cost to to join the team so it it, it can get quite expensive so i love that you're you know, trying to fill in these gaps that you've been able to witness firsthand through the development of your your company and your nonprofit. That's amazing. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so we look forward to seeing that continually develop. I mean, there's yeah. one more thing that I wanted to touch on because I was a recent recipient of these fabulous items. Um, perks of being the sister of the designer. Um, <laughs> but you're, as a part of Green Leopard Sports, you've also launched an activewear line. Yes, yes. So it's still very recent, um, but I... I'm very excited to, you know, incorporate that, um, you know, with, you know, the softball development company. And um, so it's just a lot of active wear, athleisure wear. So you can look and feel great um, when you're working out, if you're coaching or if you just want to hang out at the house. (laughs) Um, It's kind of for all occasions. Um, But yes, so I have beanies um right now and then I launched my first um crew neck sweater that is also available um you know for purchase okay (laughs) and where can we get these fabulous items (laughs) so you can um go to my website it's www.g l sports.com or you can also follow me on my Instagram, which is Green Leopard Sports. All right. And um, we'll put both of those in the show notes um, and link to our Instagram as well. So everyone can see these amazing products. The beanies I know are selling like wildfire. They're yes. perfect <laughs> as the weather gets colder. <laughs> for sure. (laughs) So Courtney, we are just so excited to have had you as our first guest of 2021, um, sharing your experiences about traveling and playing softball and how those merge together for an opportunity for you to travel abroad um, to do that. That's amazing. And then more recently, your business development and nonprofit development. Um, We couldn't be more excited to Uh, follow your journey to see where that takes us. So thanks again for being on the podcast today. Thank you so much for having me and you've been stamped.